All right. Last week, we were discussing the battle of the mind. And before I get back into that, we, for the last few weeks, we've been discussing the Word of God that led up into the battle of the mind. And I shared that throughout my Christian walk, um, I went through kind of three major stages. I'm always going through stages in my walk, but kind of three major stages. The first one is when I got born again. Second week of May, 1994, I got born again. I gave my life to Christ. I always knew there was a God, but I entered into a personal relationship with Christ. God moved in. His spirit moved in. He took out my heart of stone, put in a heart of flesh, wrote the laws of God in my heart, came and lived on the inside of me to never leave me again or never forsake me ever, and gave me a destiny and an eternity with him that I belonged to him, bought and paid for. That was the first and most wonderful stage. The second stage is when I encountered the Spirit of God in a different way. I was at a meeting in, in, in a series of meetings called Prayer to Revival, and um, this fellow was just teaching on the power of the Holy Ghost. And at the end of the service, I got up and he prayed for me, and something happened on the inside of me to do with the Spirit of God just exploded on the inside of me. And it was like somebody just attached an air hose in a good way on the inside of me and it just blew up. And just the release that happened in my life and the realization of God is out of the grave and that I don't have to wait until heaven to meet him, that he's alive on the earth and he's given us his Holy Ghost and that we can have fellowship with the Spirit of God. And that moment was so freeing for me and forever changed my life and set me back on fire for God. It was a matter of fact, it was after those meetings that I led most of my uh, friends and family back to, to either to Christ or back to Christ. And then the third stage was the time in my life when I encountered the Word of God at a new level. I remember reading the Word of God hearing some people talk about the Word of God, and there was this moment came when I realized that the Word of God was not just a book. The Bible wasn't just a book. It wasn't just a bunch of letters and a history lesson, that it was actually alive. That Jesus said that his words are spirit and that they are life and that they are living. And it wasn't just ink on the piece of paper. And I began to realize from the very beginning that when God said it was, and I know I share this every week, but his words are so powerful. They, everything he says is. It just is. And I say this every week that God could walk in here and say, today is Saturday, and guess what? It's Saturday. That's the word of God. He could come and say, it's Saturday, and it would be Saturday. And then to realize that that word has been given to us, his very word has been given to us, the most powerful thing in all the universe. When he said light be and light was, and things came into creation, that that word was available to us. And then all of a sudden I had this book that was the roadmap to life, that it was absolute truth, that I could look at the word of God and it didn't matter, no matter what time that I was walking in, what season, whether it was the first hundred years of the earth being created or the last hundred years before we go home, that that word was the same yesterday, today and forever and could apply to every person on this earth for the entire run. And that the absolute truth was there and I could find out how to walk, how to live my life, what I'm supposed to do, what's going to mess me up, what's going to bless me and walk through life. Not only that, that I realized it was absolute truth, but like I said before, we realized, I realized that the word was living. And the Bible talks about it as, as, as substance, as substance. We looked at the last few weeks at the word in Hebrew for words is either words or things. And oftentimes they don't know what's word to translate in the scripture, but they don't really have to because God's words are things, right? They are. His words are things. The Bible calls the word seed. 
And it says that if we just receive the word of God, that it begins to grow and grow and grow and change us. And so really, if you're sitting here this morning and you're listening to the word of God and the word is being sown and it lands on you and it's received in you, it doesn't matter if you feel it today, you will forever be different because his word will grow like seed on the inside of us. He promised that his word, like the heavens came down and brings forth fruit, he promises that his word would never return to him void. You know what that means? When his word goes out, it comes back with a harvest, with completion. And so just even us listening to this morning, seed of God is is dropping on the inside of us and it's planting in our lives and there you're going to grow. You will leave here different than you walked in. And that's good news. At least that's good news for me. Some people want me to be a lot different than today. I'm sure there's some people in your life would like you to be a lot different when you leave this place. And so there's those three ultimate stages. And I realized I could live by the word of God. I then shared the last couple of weeks, and Steve was actually here last week, that um, at one time in my life, I had a, a Blanca Viking aircraft. And, and we were flying one day, and Steve Antal was with me. And, and I told him to just take the stick Stay on straight and level flight and close your eyes and just keep it straight and level in the right direction. And so he closed his eyes and he's going along for quite a while. I said, how you doing, Steve? Good, good, good. Still straight and level. Yep, good, 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 good. And all of a sudden I said to him, open your eyes. And Steve opened his eyes and we were in a spiral dive on the way to the earth. And he thought that we were in straight and level flight with his eyes closed. And I share that story because it's a perfect example of people that walk through life not following the word of God. Our feelings can tell us that everything's okay and times have changed and oh, come on, it's 2023 now and things are different and the word of God doesn't apply the same. But we go by our feelings. When we go by our feelings, the Bible tells us it ends in death. There's a way that seemeth right to man, but it's end thereof is death. And we can't be led through life by our feelings. And the problem with it is we think things are okay when we're going by our feelings. But God never designed us to go by our feelings. He designed us to go by the word of God. And that's really what faith just is. Faith is that we hear the word of God and we step out on it regardless of our feelings. That's what it is. It's like, well, I feel this way, but God says this, therefore I choose this. That's all faith is. That's all it is. But the just are to live by faith, to walk by faith. Does anybody want to live by faith in here? That's right. And so we talked about the word of God and then we talked about our mind and how our feelings and how we think can be contrary to the word of God. And we looked at a scripture in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5 that said this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so we basically just discussed that we are in a spiritual battle, number one. Our enemy often attacks us through our thoughts and through our feelings. But the Bible tells us in order to have victory in this, it is to not go by our thoughts and our feelings, but to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, to the obedience of his word to cast down. And so if we have strongholds in our life, the Bible tells us how to pull those strongholds down. We can yell at them and we can pray and all that way, but the Bible tells us how to get them out. And the way we're to get them out is to take those thoughts that are contrary to the word of God, take them captive to the word of God, and when we cast them down, strongholds will leave our lives. That's how we battle, taking every thought into the obedience of Christ, who is the word of God.
And so we talked about it, that, you know, that's where the battlefield is. It's in our minds. Our minds try to be contrary to the Word of God. They have influences, outside influence, to be contrary to the Word of God. But God tells us that His Word is true, and that's what we're to line our lives up with. That is how we're to line our lives up. And to live by faith is to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and choose God's Word over what is going on in our feelings or what is going on in our minds. The Bible goes on to say that we looked at that we have the mind of Christ, that in our born-again situation, God gave us the mind of Christ. And yes, there's still going to be a battle, but we have the mind of Christ and we've been given the power to renew our minds. We don't just have to do that on our own, taking thoughts captive, but we actually have God helping us do that. And we do that by meditating His Word, thinking about His Word, comparing His Word to our feelings, casting down those that don't belong, and meditating the right thing, those things that are pure, anything that's by the Word of God. That's how we do it. And His Spirit will help us do it. Is that an okay review? And so at the end of that, we decided that it is imperative that we make time for the Word of God. If the Word of God is that powerful, if meditating on it changes our lives, if reading it tells us how to live, if it's that important, then we got to make time for it. We do. We need to spend time in the Word of God. We discussed that if you're not good at it and you haven't created a routine, just start small. Just small. Just take a little bit of the Word of God. I, I suggested being in the book of Proverbs because there's just every couple lines starts a new thought and so you can just really take small bits at a time. And I discussed just spending five, ten minutes to start. Maybe read the book of Proverbs or start the Gospels of Jesus. But start somewhere, and you don't have to read every day, all day long. God just wants you to start talking to Him about His Word. So like I said last week, I think it would be better to spend a small amount of time in the Word of God and the rest of the day thinking about it and talking to God about it than spending the whole day in the Word of God and never talking to God about what you read. Because it's a relationship. His words are spirit in their life. They're meant to be in relationship with him. They are him. They are him. And so we concluded over the last few weeks, we need to read our word, even if it's just a little bit at a time. Now, I hope that people's Bible time went up, and I even hope more that even if it was just a little bit of time, that for the last couple of weeks you spent talking to God about his word because he's alive and wants to talk to you about his word. Now, in the very book, the very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis in the Old Testament, very first book, the very first verses open up with this, and it says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. So from the very beginning, in the very first verses of the scripture, the Bible tells us how creation comes into effect and right away shows us the importance of God's word. We see in the beginning that there was the earth and the earth was without form and void. Now, if you do a little bit of a study on that, and I'm no Hebrew scholar, but I just know how to look up things and know how to know how to hear from other Hebrew scholars, 
And I found out that the word form and void is probably better translated dark and chaotic or without order. And so in the beginning was the earth and it was dark and void or it was without order and chaotic. And so here we have the earth. We have the spirit of God hovering over the earth. And we don't know if the spirit of God was hovering over the earth for one minute, one day, 10 days, 10 weeks, 10 months, 10 years, 10,000 years, or 10 million years. We have no idea how long the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the earth and nothing happened. It was dark, it was void, it was chaotic, and it was without order. But the moment God said, light be, light was, and it began to come into order. And so I look at this, and Lauren and I were discussing this over a meal this week. I was discussing this, just talking about the Word and the Spirit and how we should live our lives. And I remember an old preacher who used to say this. He used to say, if you're all word and no spirit, you'll dry up. If you're all spirit and you're no word, you'll blow up. But with a good combination of word and spirit, you'll grow up. You'll grow up. And I think we can all get into that ditches. I went through a season where it was all spirit and it was all wild. And then I went through a season that it was all word and I just, the word meant everything. But the fact is, God is both. And so God wants us to experience him as spirit. But God wants us to make sure that experience in our flesh stays in order with his word. And so I look at the scripture and I think about my life and I think there's areas of my life that are dark. There's areas of my life that are void. There's areas of my life that are chaotic. And there's areas of my life that are out of order. And so what's going to bring that into order? The spirit of God? Of course, he's there. But what? needs to happen for that to come into order. The Word of God. The Word of God brings everything into order. The Word of God brings everything into the order of God. And so if we want our lives to change and end up in the order of God, what do we need to do? We need to hang out in the Word of God. In the Word of God. And so worshiping is important. It is. Prayer is important. Talking with God all day is important. Experiencing the presence of God is important. But just as important is what? Spending time in the Word of God so that our lives come into order in the kingdom of God. Into order. Whatever that may be for your life. God wants to order your life. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Now it could be like a marching order, but everything he says is in order. And so the more time we spend hanging out with God, His Spirit, and His Word, we get our marching orders for our life. Just like we saw in Psalm 119, the Word is what? It is a lamp and a light to us. And so if we're walking through an area of our life that is dark and we can't figure it out, we're like, God, what's going on? I can't see anything. I don't know what's going on. My life is just chaotic. It's void. It's without order. I want to know what to do next. The Bible says the Word of God brings that light in that lamp. And so we spend time with Him. And I got to tell you, it's the most wonderful thing when those words start to leap off the pages. I'm sure all of you have experienced that. Where you'll read something. You might not even get out anything out of it as you're reading it, but too late, the seed's been planted. And has any of you ever experienced you just reading the Word of God, just in your daily routine or whatever, and all of a sudden you're just doing something in life and just boom! You know something. You know what to do, or something comes to revelation on something that you've read way back when. It's a wonderful feeling knowing that God's word has come alive. 
God has different words in the scripture for his word word. Has anybody ever heard the word logos before? Anybody ever heard the word rhema before? Those are both words for his word. But the logos is his written word. It's a little deeper than that, but just for simplicity's sake, logos is his written word. And rhema, rhema is his word that has become alive to us. It becomes a revelation to us. And so God wants us to read his logos so that we can walk through life and rhema start to appear. Revelation start to appear. And then it doesn't stop there either. Does anybody remember what we're supposed to do with that revelation? We're supposed to walk it out. But what are we supposed to do with it? We're supposed to speak it. Speak it. Meditate it. Make it come alive. And when we meditate it, it comes alive. And then just speaking it into our situation. Praying it into our situation. Why? Because God's words, God's rhema on the earth changes things. The book of Hebrews tells us, and we looked at that too, that everything that we see is made from the unseen. And the book of Hebrews tells us how that was done through the word of God. We saw in Genesis 1, there was nothing going on that was good. God said, light be and light was. And light was. So the word of God can change everything around us. The word of God can frame our worlds like the book of Hebrews says. Sean's a framer. Looks a lot different after you've framed a house, doesn't it? All of a sudden, it's like you see it on blueprints or however you do it, and you frame it, and boom. I know, I know framing's such a cool thing because you'll go down a street, and they'll be just, you know, the, the foundation will be there, which is needed, of course. But when, when they frame a house or a building, it's like, whoa, that's what that's going to look like. In the same way as for us, we can frame our world with the Word of God, spending time in the Word of God, meditating the Word of God, letting that Word come alive, speaking the Word of God. You know, the Bible talks about in uh, the full armor of God about the sword of the Spirit. You know that God's sword is double-edged? The Bible tells us. But did you know that the translation, direct translation of a double-edged sword is a two-mouthed sword? That's the translation. God's double-edged sword is a two-mouthed sword. And what does it mean? It means that God's word is him speaking but that we are to speak his word. And if we want to wield God's spirit in our life, not only do we allow him to speak to us, but we need to speak to the situation. And the armor of God is a two-mouthed sword. We hear him and we speak him. And then there's our double-edged sword. There's our double-edged sword. That's when Jesus said, if anybody says to this mountain, be bow removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. And he says, says three times in those verses, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. Three times. If God says something once, you better listen. Twice, you better pay some serious attention to it. Three times, you better not forget it. In just a small group of verses like that, he says, says three times. There is something so powerful about speaking the word of God. It brings order to our lives, his order. It brings our emotions into order. Into order. That's the battle of mine. I don't want to show hands, but does anybody have, I mean, we all have it in different areas, but if you have trouble getting a hold of your emotions, that they're high and low, boom, 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 all over the place, 
There's only one thing that's going to settle that out. It is the Word of God. It's the Word of God. And why is that? It's because when you go wham, the Word is there to say, you don't need to go wham. Right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. You know? Do not fear. It'll start to speak to you in your spirit. You're like, ah, I'm so scared and fearful and screaming and I'm in a situation and I can't calm down. Well, the Word of God will tell you to calm down. It'll say, do not worry. You know how many times in the New Testament it says, do not worry? I can't remember the count, but it's tons. Do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. You'll hear the Word of God scream at you and bring it down. Bring it down. We're depressed. And he'll be like, hey, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. And he'll start bringing it back up. And he'll say, the book of Proverbs says that depression is started from anxiety. And how many times did I tell you, do not worry? You don't worry. And so God levels out those emotions with his word. And nothing else will listen. Nothing else will come into submission. You can say, I hate you, anxiety. I hate you, depression. I hate you, anger. You can say it all you want. It does not listen to you. But when you say it is written and the word of God bubbles up on the inside of you and gives you something contrary to what is going on in your mind and you take it captive in the obedience of Christ, your life will start to do this in emotions. God loves emotions as long as they just follow the word of God and we're not led by them. He created them. And so we want God to bring us into order. God, I want God to bring my life into more order. His order. His plan and His purpose for our lives. And there is no substitute for hanging out in the Word of God, meditating the Word of God, speaking the Word of God. There's no substitute. There's no substitute for it. It's that simple. That is how we take our journey in God. That's how we go from glory unto glory, from faith unto faith, faith unto faith, faith unto faith. How does the Bible say you get faith? Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. His word is all powerful. His word is all powerful. And I love the fact that his word brings order. Now I was going to spend a little bit more time on my next point, but I'm coming to my end of my time. So I just want to, Prime the pump for next week. God wants order in our lives, in our emotions, in our minds. But God wants our entire lives in order. There's a rabbi that I listen to once a week. I, I've shared this before, but I have my certain podcasts and preachers and Christian businessmen and different things. But I always listen to a rabbi once a week. And I love their take on tradition. I love their take on, on what's happened since the beginning of time. And why they might think something. Because it's easy to take that and then put it into my Christian view of a situation. But they're huge on having order in their lives. Maybe almost to a fault. But we can definitely learn something from it. And he says that there's five F's that we should always have in order in our life. These are things that we should spend time on and make sure they are order in our lives. These are the things that we should focus on. Five things that we should focus on in our lives to have a more godly life, and to see God's order in our lives. First one is faith. And you're here this morning, so you obviously put in some time to just develop faith, but it's so important. And to me, that's the one that stands out from the four, because faith and being in God's word and everything, it makes everything else in order. 
So it's important that we spend some time developing our faith. And that could be more than just coming to church. You know, it could be uh, applying our faith in every area, you know, expanding the kingdom, sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel is so scary for some people. It just, it is. Some people have so much trouble sharing the gospel. And it's not like they're bad people. It's just they have a fear of doing it. And so these are areas that we need to develop. And again, the Word of God will help us develop that. We spent a little while ago talking about evangelism and how, how do we get free of that fear? Well, the Bible tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. And so the more time we spend on God, God's love for other people is the less fear we'll have to want to share that gospel with them. So faith, second one that the Word of God tells us that should be in order is spending time with is family unit. Faith, family. Whatever that looks like, Whatever your family looks like today, and you know what, a lot of people have been through a lot of things, and, and some people's families are going to look a lot different than other people's families in this place. But just because things look different, we never change the Word of God for it. We always try to push towards that. And maybe you're not going to get that in this generation, but you can think about the next generation. Or maybe, you know, you don't even have an opportunity to do that, or you can start to develop family in a different way. But family is important to God. Generational family is important to God. So faith, family. The next is friendship. It's important to have friends. I know it says it's not good that man should be alone and, and God gave him his wife, but it goes beyond that. We are told to be in fellowship. We're told to be around once another, one another. We are. Friendship is important. Building friendships are important. And why is it important? Well, first of all, just... It's, 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 it's God designed us to give to one another, whether it's emotionally, whether it's encouragement, whether it's helping them with some sort of work situation, whatever it may be, God has designed us to give to one another. It's so important that we're givers. And so how do you develop an amazing friendship? You be a giver. Now, I'm not talking about the extreme where, where people take advantage of you and you become, I'm not talking about unhealthy stuff. I'm talking about God wants us to be able to give. And that's a perfect place to do it in friendship. Give, give, give. It's perfect practice. It's perfect practice to do that. You know, to, to be there for somebody. And those friends are different. You got your close circle, you got outer circles, you got different things, but it's important to hang out with one another. I had dinner with two different people this week. It doesn't happen every week, but to reconnect, to iron to sharpen iron, it's important. So not only should we be giving, but when you have friends, they know who you are and they can call your crap out too. Now, family's good at that too, but friends are good at that. Friends are probably even better because you can walk away from them and, and uh, I mean, not totally, but walk away from the meeting and sort it out. But it's so important that we have people that iron and sharpening iron that will challenge you. There were years where I hated being challenged. I hated somebody saying I got terrible ideas and my walk isn't good. No one wants to hear that, but... I, I, it was so hard to hear that before. But the Proverbs talk about that too. It says you're a fool if you don't listen to that. It says you're a fool if you don't listen to counsel. I don't want to be a fool. But it also says that be careful who corrects you. 
That's why you need friends <laughs> that want the best for you. There's lots of people who will just give you their opinion and tell you what you should do and maybe even add, thus saith the Lord on top of it. But you need a group of friends that say, hey, I challenge you on this, but you know you can trust me. You know you can trust me. So faith, family, friends, finance is another thing that God wants in order. He does. He's got a way of doing it. Like I said, if you've started in the book of Proverbs, you will see how many scriptures tell us how to deal with our finances and tell us that we're supposed to be hard workers and not lazy. And what happens when we get lazy? That we're supposed to get up and we're supposed to take six days to work. You know, I'm almost coming to a close here, but uh, finance is important. God wants it in order. He wants us to be generous too. Be generous with our finances and put our finances in the kingdom of God and come to an understanding that, 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 if we can agree with God for him to help direct our finances, we'll be way better off. Because you can't outgive God anyways. You can't. Can I share what you just said to me the other day? So Sean came over and he, he's going to help me build a little shop down there. And he's a, he's a builder. And he said, this one's on me. And I said, no, 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 I'll give you something. I mean, if you want to give me a deal, great, but I'll give you something. And he said, the last time I did something free for you, my last year went like straight up. And he said, so you ain't going to pay me anything. And it was understanding just the kingdom of God, generosity, giving, you know. And uh, true, right? Yeah. And so God wants our finances in order. And doesn't want them to own us. He wants us to own them. And then lastly is fitness. These are the things God wants in order. Faith, family, friendship, finance, and fitness. Fitness. Now, this is just an earthen vessel, but God wants us to make it the longest we can in this vessel on this earth. We're supposed to take care of our bodies. And not only just take care of it for longevity, but we can do more when our bodies are feeling good. We aren't as lazy and, not, and it's not as hard to get out of bed to do work if our bodies are feeling better. And so, like I said, I just primed the pump. I don't want us to keep you guys any longer, but we're going to talk about some areas that God wants our lives in order with them. We'll dig into them a little more. And I just wanted to give you a little teaser for that. But at the end of the day, the same conclusion on the last three weeks, we need to spend time in the word of God. And I just challenge you, please, I urge you, if it's 10 minutes in the word of God, 10 minutes, and you think about it a bit throughout the day, I promise you, your life will change. I promise you, you will draw closer to God. I promise you, you will see more of him. You will, you will understand him more. He will reveal more to you because that's his process on how he does it. And so again, spend time. Pick some point in the day to read the word of God if it's only 10 minutes. Amen. All right. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for every person here. God, I thank you that we are all in these different walks of life, God. I thank you you're helping me. You're taking me to the next phase of life. You're taking these folks to the next phase of life. We're all doing this together. God, I thank you for your word. And I pray in every one of us here, God, that your word becomes more alive than it ever has to us before. That we see it as the living, living, living word. That it is spirit and life and it's not dead letter. Father, change us through this. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.